Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. Welcome to part two of our five-part series on how do you recession-proof your organization? And I'll start by talking a little bit about what we talked about in part one, which is there's no way to truly, completely recession-proof your organization where there's absolutely no impact. But there are many things that can be done to do more than just survive, to do even more than just thrive through a recession. You can actually impact many things in your organization that will carry you through an economic downturn where you will come out on the other end even better than you went into that time period. And that's what I want to focus on in part two But where do we start? How do we figure out which areas that we should focus on? How do we gain insight and understanding, bring clarity and focus to those things that will have the greatest impact? So it really comes down to, we start with assessing. Last time we talked about generally, what are things you can do? And we focused in on people, things you can control on the people side of your organization. Well, let's dive deeper and talk about how, then how do we assess that? How do we know where we are? What does current reality look like? Well, let me break it down into a variety of different parts. And when I say assess, I mean, there are a variety of ways to do assessments. We'll talk about what that looks like in a little bit, but what are the primary things you can assess right now, especially with the people side of your organization? Number one, what are the current capabilities that you have with the people that are in place right now? the different skill sets, the different experiences, the different expertise that people have, that you have in your organization right now. That's a great place to start. The capabilities you have right now will determine where you can go from here. Do you need to grow in new areas? Do you need to bring in new skill sets? new areas of expertise. Number two, what resources are available? Now, when I talk about resources, the first thing we think about, I think, is the financial side. But there's a lot more to it than that. What resources can you bring in? Who do you know that could be a good advisor for you? Who do you know that could help you better understand what you need to understand to move forward. And of course, what finances and resources are available to you from that direction, the financial side of things, but also think about your people resources. 
think about the physical resources that you have available to you. That's another critical area to assess going into preparing for whatever comes next. We may or may not have a recession in 2023, but somewhere down the road, we're going to have another one and probably several in the next couple of decades or more. So preparing in a way that is, quote, recession-proofing, unquote, your organization is actually preparing to be the most efficient and the most effective you can be no matter what the economic situation is. So many organizations get in trouble because during times of abundance and times when it's easy, they just bring on more and more and more people. They they do all kinds of things. They start getting out of their primary areas where their sweet spots are and they start doing other things thinking that that is a a new revenue stream, a new pivot, a way to expand footprint in the marketplace. But does it make sense? Sometimes it's only during times of downturn that we really take the time to think about, does this line of effort, this line of um, productivity, does it make sense? Should we be doing that? Is it within our core competencies? Is it a sweet spot for us? So what's the next one? Well, the state of your people. What do I mean by that? Well, they're hard skills, talents, engagement. How engaged are your people? What capacity do they still have available? One of the interesting things I've found recently, almost everybody I talk to about themselves, their people, they're telling me we're busy, we're booked, we're, we're just overwhelmed. There, we cannot take anything else on. That's not a great place to be because it means you have no more capacity to equip you and your people to grow, to try new things, to take advantage of opportunities. What happens when the next big challenge comes around? Do we drop everything we're doing and put all of our resources into that challenge? Well, what's the outcome of that? What's the cascade effect of what happens in that situation? Here's a big one. The next one is leadership bandwidth. What do I mean by leadership bandwidth? Very simply, your success will be limited by the amount of leadership bandwidth that you have available. If you're maxed on your leader's abilities to take on things right now, to manage things, to lead well. If you're maxed on that, then your growth is maxed. Having some margin there is really important. How do you get margin? You grow capacity. You grow leadership bandwidth, either through developing your current leaders, growing their capacity, or adding new leaders. And some of those people may be internal right now. Maybe it's investing in the next generation of leaders that you already have in your organization. And there are ways to assess for who those people are. The next one to think about when you're assessing is productivity. How efficient and productive are we? Are we really in a good place? Are we getting the value we need out of every role 
in the organization? And my guess is probably not. I know from research that the average worker gives between 40 and 60% of their capacity consistently. Now, you'll see some people that give more than that. The more engaged an individual is, the more you will get out of that individual. Engagement, the definition I use, the emotional commitment someone has to the effort, to the organization, to the team. So the more engaged people you have, the more productivity you're going to have. I mean, research shows us this. An engaged employee will give you two to four times the productivity of a non-engaged or disengaged employee. So what's the next one? Assess your margins right now. Assess your profit right now. If you need to get rid of some things that are not all that profitable, there's very little margin in, and they don't hurt you long-term. That's a key there, key filter to think about. If it's something you have to keep because it's something that adds value for your customers, even though there isn't a lot of margin there, that's a different kind of value, and it may be important to keep that. But one of the things you can assess is look at all the things you're doing and how much of a margin is there in those things and and how much profit is there in those things. Again, it's not just dollars and cents. It's about energy and activity and value that it's bringing internally and externally. And an easy one to look at is revenue generation or sales. Are you getting the sales that you need? Are you getting the revenue generating effort that you need to continue to be viable throughout a downturn or in this case, a potential recession? Another thing that I would ask you to assess, pivot points. What do I mean by that? New directions that you could go immediately. For instance, I recently came up with a pivot point for us. Many of our clients want someone that they can come to month to month to month with the different people challenges or opportunities that they're facing. And we have created a, quote, one service model that basically says we're going to partner with you to help you and assist you and help you manage those people challenges and people opportunities that come along. There are different pivot points that we all have. Do you know what they are? And use the time-bound immediacy as a filter here. If it's not something you can put into play very quickly, then I would not necessarily add it into this category as a potential pivot point. If it's going to cost you a lot of money to go that direction, if the ramp-up time is going to be more than a month or two, those are things that are not immediately accessible to you. But there's probably some areas that with a little innovation, a little thought around them, might be able to turn into new revenue streams or replace revenue streams that you might lose. To prepare for economic downturn, 
we have got to have good information on where are we right now in all of these different areas. What can we do right now? How well can we do it? And what does that mean for our long-term viability? As our world becomes more complex and the pace of change just seems to continue to increase, gaining relevant insight into where you are and where your organization is right now becomes a top priority. A lot of people are going to ask the question, Steve, what do you mean by assess? What form does that take? Because there are so many different ways to define that word. Assess means many different things to many different people. For our focus, I define it as using some kind of tool or method to gather good data that can bring clarity and focus, which empowers better decisions and better actions. That's how I define what I mean by assess. And let me talk about a few of the different forms of these tools or methods that you might use that would be beneficial, beneficial assessments. Number one, validated assessments. So think psychological assessments, uh, scientific types of assessments. Those are focused on the people side. It could be leadership 360s, could be team vital signs assessments, organizational vital signs assessments, and vital signs is a, an assessment that we use that we like very, very much that gives truly actionable data. You know, a lot of climate surveys and all of that, they'll give you a lot of data. I mean, literally pounds of data. I think they sell it by the pound. What they don't give you is a step-by-step approach to a good path forward. Well, fix this, fix that, change this, change that. But how do you do that? Well, find assessments that will give you good, actionable data where you can get the clarity that you need. Another type of assessment could simply be observation by someone with relevant experience and expertise. I do this a lot when I go into organizations and do a diagnosis, whether it's a a team or the organization as a whole, someone who has the relevant experience and expertise can come in, do interviews, ask good questions, and observe. And there can be some very powerful insights that come out of that process. Another one could be surveys that, that have some kind of rating system. I've recently created a free assessment slash survey that people can take to identify where are the people challenges and the people opportunities we have as an organization or I have as a leader of my team. There are good measures out there to figure out where are the priority areas. Another assessment would simply be a deep dive into your current data. I work very closely and have for several years serving a data solutions group. 
And they're very, very good at what they do. Um, And as I talk to them about their services and how they take care of their customers, what I'm learning is that people have a lot of data, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're getting the information they need out of that data. If your data is not giving you the right information that you need, timely, good insights that you can make good decisions on, that needs to change. Assess your data sources and see if there is something in there that is holding you back. If data is not giving you valuable insight and accelerating a path towards success, something needs to change. Assessing can be done on an organizational level, it can be done on a team level, or it can be done on an individual level. Like I said, leaders or even team members, there's so many different kinds of assessments. And I won't go into that today, except to say there are wonderful, highly validated assessments out there that will take away All of this guesswork about this person or that person or what's going on here, what's going on, why does this team work really well and this team is just total dysfunction. One of the phrases I use a lot is stop guessing, assess, and use assessment tools that really help you. To start, as I said, we put up uh, a free assessment for people to say, let me rate these things in my organization or my team and see where the people challenges are, see where the opportunities are when it comes to people. So feel free to check out our website, uh, eqfit.org. That assessment is up and running, and I'm pretty excited about that. Assessments are not scary things. It's like giving you a brand new toolbox with tools that you have not used before, but that give you the opportunity to become a better craftsman at what you do, to take your ability to get the results you want to an entirely new level. That's what assessments are. Now, how do we apply those in this idea of recession-proofing your organization. So let's go back to our focus on the opportunities that are available right now, things you can do right now, no matter what comes in the future, to prepare yourself and your people to be as successful as possible and to even thrive and enjoy a downturn time. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if you've got the right things going on, it's amazing what can be accomplished. People will have the biggest influence on results and success. There's no question about that. Your people are your most impactful resource that you have to not just survive, but to thrive during downturns. So how can we assess the people side of our organizations 
to get the clarity that we need to create the best path forward? Well, we start by assessing a few different things. I'm going to spend the rest of our time together right now talking about four things, just four things that I would like you to think about, things you can do right now to get clarity and focus so that you can prepare for whatever comes next. Number one, culture and engagement. These two go hand in hand. The better the culture, the greater the engagement levels. But what is a good culture? It's one that unlocks ideas, innovation, open and honest conversations, shared purpose, shared values, great collaboration, accountability practices, personal ownership where people own their responsibilities, and excellence in customer service, both internal customers and external customers. Culture and engagement is a key thing to assess right now because that's something you can impact right now. What's the next one? Number two, skills and experience inventory. Knowing what skills and experience you have in your people is critically important. Just as important, what may be missing. You can have an excellent culture and high engagement levels. But if people do not have the skills that they need, you'll get what we call enthusiastic incompetence. People wanting to do the right thing, but not equipped to be successful. And that can be demoralizing for people. We have to think about that. So there is the second area of skills and experience that we need to figure out what do we have, how good is it, and what is missing or what needs to be improved upon. Number three, the third area I want you to look at in these four, leadership. And I'm sure that's not a surprise. Are leaders equipped to lead? Do they have enough margin to provide the leadership bandwidth that is necessary When things get more difficult, there is a ramping up of so many potential negative impacts, stress, emotional burden, just harder to get things done. Selling becomes more difficult. There's so many things that can happen in a downturn or a recession that make a leader's job even more difficult. Do they have the equipping and the bandwidth to deal with that? And a lot of that, I'm just going to say it right out, it deals with emotional intelligence because when those things hit people and stress levels increase, emotional load is going to increase. If they are equipped to deal with that, if they're equipped to be self-aware, self-managing, and self-directing, the three major areas of competence in emotional intelligence, they're going to do better. They're going to operate at a higher level. They're going to be able to access their higher cognitive processes, critical thinking, problem solving, the things that are critically important to success as a leader. So leadership is a very key area to assess right now 
for you and your organization. You can look at this and say, you know what, if we can just get through this, which I will interpret as survive it, it's going to be a hard road. You're either growing or you're going backwards. There's really no middle ground. There's no sitting on the fence. Are you proactively growing your people or are you losing ground? How are leadership efforts impacting culture and engagement? That's an important asset that leaders should be bringing and enhancing. All of these questions are important to getting the results that you want. Leadership is important all the time. During a recession, it is absolutely critical. Having good leadership is critical to thriving during a downturn or a recession. And number four, and it's not number four because it's less important. It's actually just as important or more important than any of these others. Vitality, and I'll describe that in a minute, and climate. Vitality is the energy that an individual, a team, or an organization has to put toward the effort. The best way to describe this is to talk about what I call the energy exchange. When you wake up in the morning, you have 100% of your energy to spend that day. Then something happens. All of the things that you're dealing with internally start to layer on top of each other. When you first wake up, everything is kind of nice and easy, but then you start to think about all of these things you have to deal with, and they start layering on top of each other. As a result, energy is diverted internally to manage all of the issues you're dealing with. Then what's left over is available to go to external efforts. This is why it's so critical to identify internal challenges and remove as many roadblocks as possible, which frees up time, focus, and energy for getting important things done. Energy goes internal first to dealing with the internal things you're, you're trying to manage or navigate, and what's left over can go externally. And we've all experienced this. When we're under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, there's a lot going on, a lot of our energy gets internally focused, and we simply don't have as much to give to the external effort. The next thing I want to talk about is the climate. Not just a climate survey, and there's a lot of them out there. Climate surveys will give you information, but is it information that you can put into action? We use a climate survey for really teams and organizations, both, that has the most actionable data I've ever seen in any climate survey. I get very frustrated when somebody hands me their climate survey that's probably a binder four inches thick and says, what do you make of this? And I want to be very direct with people and say, you paid a lot of money for this. I hope you get something out of it. 
And I'm not knocking those organizations. They're providing some good information in there. What they're not providing is actionable data with a clear path forward to take the right steps to create the success pathway that you need. That's where I get frustrated. Well, guess what? The one that we use does that. It does exactly that. With our guidance and our help, we have years of experience doing this. And I'm sorry, I'm not here to sell you today on what our services are. I'm here to sell you on be smart about where you put your money. Be smart about getting the value you need out of the resources you have available to you. I've seen many different clients struggle with these climate surveys. What we found is the best way to approach that is to decide ahead of time, what do you want to get out of that? If all you want is a four-inch binder with information, you can go a lot of different places and get that. But if you want solutions, step-by-step processes to get the success you desire, the outcomes that you want, you need to think very carefully and talk to people and ask them really good questions around exactly that right there. Climate and vitality. A good climate will increase the vitality a team or an organization has. And some of you may be asking, Steve, you're talking all about this one that you use. What is it? It's called the Vital Signs Toolkit from Six Seconds. So six, the number seconds.org. You can go check it out. You can check it out, you know, through our blogs at eqfit.org, through other podcasts. I'm not here to sell assessments today, but here's what I'm, I want to stress in preparing for what comes next in preparing and and recession-proofing your organization. If you don't know where you are right now in these four primary areas, it's going to be very difficult to do any valuable preparation for the challenges that are coming down the road. Let me go back and review these four. Culture and engagement, skills and experience inventory, leadership and leadership bandwidth, vitality and climate. We're talking about the environment we work in. How good is it? How much does it add energy and and a sense of shared purpose with people? We're talking about the hard skills and human skills that people have. We're talking about leadership capacity and how much is there for you to count on. And we're talking about how much energy is there and how good is our collaboration and our engagement so that we can work well together. If all you do is focus on these four areas to assess right now, you will gain valuable insight into what is working well, what needs to be improved, and what's missing on the people side of your organization. That is a very productive approach to preparing for whatever comes next. It is the first step. Now, I see a lot of organizations that run around and do a lot of things 
and then they stop and look over. Well, that didn't work. Let's rechange. Let's revise. Change that. Do this. That's ready, shoot, aim. I think it's really important to gather good data before you aim and then decide the direction you're going to go. This is a very proactive approach to preparing for whatever comes next. Prepare, then grow. Prepare, then thrive. That's a simple but very profound method to achieve success. But to prepare, you must know how to prepare. And that comes from a good assessment of where you are right now in the different areas that we've been talking about. Assess, then equip, and then align, and then succeed. Assess is the first step in our proven process. It should be yours as well. Better data leads to better decisions. Don't guess, assess. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.